Welcome to Jurassic World. Welcome to Jurassic World Minute with this Jurassic World One Minute Time. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And this episode, we're here to discuss Minute 98 of Jurassic World. But Dave, before we get to that, heading over to Jurassic-Media.com, we have a new article up here by Dilorex. Um, another one of the... Uh, uh, what do you classify this as? The real... The real encyclopedia articles? Uh, yeah, this, this is another one of those... Of the actor articles that we've been putting up. And, uh, so yeah. yeah for, Joe Mazzello, uh, Tim Murphy. Tim Murphy, um, bit of a, a bit of a bio here, um, on, uh, on, on Joseph himself. Mm-hmm. Of course, his role in Jurassic Park, uh, he's, um, he was not, oh, that's right, he was passed over in Hook, yeah. He was meant to be in Hook, but, um, mm-hmm. wasn't, and, um, Spielberg got him back for Jurassic, so, all yeah, that's TV... Okay. Felt he was too young in for Hook at the time. I think was, was he, how it went. Was he eight or ten years old in Jurassic Park? Because he was pretty young thought, there too. Yeah, ten. Ten. I'm sure there's probably some sort of uh, union or film industry <laughs> age age level there where. Yeah. More so for filming. I know. I think Kelly Kelly um, Vanessa had the same problem with. Um, when they were shooting the nighttime stuff in the village for Lost World, mm-hmm. there was um, certain times, certain shots they'd have to film before the 10 o'clock curfew or not 11 o'clock curfew or something. They weren't allowed mm-hmm. to film after that. Yeah, because we got the same thing here in Illinois. Like people under 18 have an 11 o'clock curfew. They got to be home by 11. Yeah, yep, yep. But. Um, a full, uh, full write up here on um, his involvement in Jurassic and um, other movies as well. Mm-hmm. I don't recall him in GIJ Retaliation, but I might have to relook into that. Um, I never saw that one, but I did watch. <laughs> I was binging The Pacific last uh, uh, last yes. weekend, and yeah. he's in that. Is the of course the main the main role, and it was it was very very good in it. It had some other actors in there. I wasn't expecting to show up. Um, <laughs> Rami Malek was in it, which, who he of course played title the title role in Bohemian Rhapsody. He was uh, Freddie Mercury, which is funny because Joe played I think the bassist. I can't remember. I can't remember what his what that what his name was in in Bohemian Rhapsody. So it was kind of like a little reunion for them. <laughs> yeah. 
and of course they're both much younger in in um in the Pacific that came out over ten years ago. Mm. Yeah, it has been. Well, that was the first sort of um, thing I'd seen or knew that it was in after Jurassic. I know there's been a lot of uh, people saying, well, we need him back for Dominion. You got all these other original cast back. He'd be one of the ones if he did have a cameo in, in Dominion or something. It'd have to be marketing or something to say, because he, he definitely has lost that little Timmy look look mm-hmm. to him. But at the same time, he still looks like the... I mean, you can see it's him. Yeah, you know? yeah. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed he gets some sort of cameo in there. He's got to... Mm-hmm. I really hope he does. I mean, him and Ariana Richards have have both been fan favorites to return. Yeah, yeah. We we've we've talked before about where's Nick, where's Sarah. Uh, mm-hmm. Get some more of the Lost World people in there. But yeah, if you're looking at that original Jurassic cast, it's really those two that are still alive. Unfortunately, that um, haven't reappeared since the Lost World in any of the films. Mm-hmm. Get them back. So yeah, for that article and many more, head over to Jurassic-Pedia.com. Uh, and check them out. Hold your fire! Do not fire! Put 12 amps in these animals, they're never gonna trust me again. Dave, we're gonna give minute 98. Alright. Alright, minute 98 of Jurassic World opens with a scared Grey wanting to go home, and ends with an object in the mirror being closer than it appears. As we end in minute 97, Grey was scared and wanted to go home, and, um... The, the joy of Jurassic World was gone uh, for the kids. As Claire continues to reassure him in minute 98, she says, tomorrow you'll be home and your mother will never let me see you again. <laughs> um, and that's when we get a bit of a jump scare here with a bloody hand on the Unimog window. And this guy must be seven feet tall to be able to do it because we've seen <laughs> earlier where Claire had to reach up above her head just to get to the door handle to open the door. <laughs> Yet this soldier's been able to slap his bloody hand right in the middle of the side window of the Unimog. <laughs> He's going for the high shot. <laughs> high five. Everyone screams, of course, as we look past the bloody hand and see the soldier standing there as he yells, get out of here, go. I think it's interesting, though, how the shot of the bloodied handprint against the against um, Claire's face, face almost looks like a um, slasher movie poster. <laughs> All I can think is Wilson from Castaway. <laughs> <laughs> that hand there. I mean, yeah, you can see her mouth perfectly framed by the middle of the palm, and then her eyes between each finger. Mm. Yeah, they did frame frame the shot well um, for that. Yeah. And because she's looking like, I don't think she's probably seen blood in her life, and he's <laughs> he's his bloody window on the hand, pretty much uh, emphasising mm-hmm. everything she'd just seen on that on that tablet was now right outside that door. And is that the guy... Wasn't that um, the guy that played Carter, too? Oh, he's got a beard here. It's sort of... It's a quick shot. Um, I haven't got the screen caps up, but... I know he was in, in the movie as well. It was one of these soldiers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but either way, it kind of makes me question, is he actually injured, or is that somebody else's blood? Was he pulling somebody out from being hurt and he got blood on his hands from somebody else's injuries with how much blood is on the hand and with how i won't say nimble but how he's able to then run around to the back of the unimog and throw the back doors open i'm guessing it's someone else he was trying to drag 
or comfort or something put out of their misery <laughs> or something like that and not necessarily his blood. But also, as I say, he does go around the back uh, and open the back doors and yells they're coming. And as he tries to climb into the back of the Unimog, uh, we see a raptor approaching fast and it leaps onto his back, uh, scaring the absolute shit out of the kids <laughs> as all this is happening right in front of him. But I've got to wonder what's his motivation. He's, he's ran into the compound, um, past all the cages... I don't know if he would have known originally that Claire was in the Unimog, if he even cared where she was. She was just the operations manager of the park or whatever. That was sort of Owen's business dealing with her. And sort of another case here, badass soldiers turning into idiots after something goes wrong and thinking he can catch a ride in the Unimog and it being a safe place. Oh, it might have been that he just saw somebody sitting in it and he's like, get everybody, he's trying to get everybody out of there while they're evacuating the area, basically, you know? Yeah. But then we have the other issue, which we love to discuss, and that's geography. Uh, we've seen the team driving uh, off away from the Raptor enclosure uh, into Sector 5, I think it was, Owen pointed out. So they've probably been driving for about half an hour before they come up on the Indominus, even though it was a couple of minutes of screen time. And suddenly, two minutes after the attack, this soldier just runs out of the jungle and he's all of a sudden back at the Raptor enclosure. I don't know, but he's the only one too. Like we've seen other soldiers get on that quad bike and the the other vehicle, but they don't come back here. Mm-hmm. They've gone somewhere else. We don't see them ever again. No. They might have went straight back to Main Street, you know. Mm. But even getting in that in that Textron Tiger, once you're inside that thing, that thing's bombproof. Like your Raptor safe. Maybe not Indominus safe, and it would have been good to see it take on, or the Indominus taking it on, just to uh, show, continue to show how how um, how good it is. But yeah, we don't see that ever again, unfortunately. Um, but Claire managed to get the Unimog started and punches it, and the Unimog launches forward with the Soldier and the Raptor still hanging onto the back, but they uh, they slide out of the vehicle. This Unimog accelerates pretty quick. <laughs> for Unibogs can speed up. Claire we're about to change a few gears. I don't think they've uh, made them automatic yet. They're still... Uh, I'm pretty sure they're still 10-speed forward and 10-speed reverse. <laughs> so there's a lot of gear changing there to get any sort of speed up in the vehicle. But the uh, the sudden acceleration is enough for that soldier and Raptor to <laughs> slide out the back of the, uh, the Unimog where she um, keeps on eating the soldier. I... I couldn't um, see which in the pedia which uh, which raptor this was. I know Echo turns up later to chase him and get prodded out of the back of the Unimog, but she has a greenish tinge to her. I think it's Delta. Yeah, so it's, it's either Delta or Echo because of course Charlie's gone and Blue's off following Owen. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, also, of course, as the vehicle starts, every flashing light and light beam turns on. Lighting up the area. I'm not quite sure Claire knew where those switches were, so maybe they were on when the vehicles turned off. But that's um, that's a big here I am come and get me sort of uh, mm-hmm. signal flare that she's driving down the road here, and she bangs on the um the window behind her and yells back to the boys, uh, just hold on back there. And that's when we get a side shot of uh, looking past Claire at that bloody hand, and in comes Echo from nowhere directly into the side of the vehicle as if the vehicle wasn't even moving and <laughs> not real good CGI here as it, as it happens yeah I agree I, is that Echo I thought that was, thought that was Blue 
Well, I was just going off to Pedia, um, because she mm. um, she falls back out the window and tumbles and tries to get into the back of the vehicle. I, yeah, that's right. It, it is Echo. But it's... It's just a shame, because Claire barely reacts. She doesn't react to the breaking, the window breaking at all. She just sits there mm-hmm. screaming down at the raptor. If she would have been told the raptor's head's going to be at the steering wheel, just look down and scream at it. She's still holding the steering wheel with both arms when the raptor would have gone through and taken her <laughs> taken her left arm off if she was still holding onto mm-hmm. that steering wheel. It's it's just a shame, again, mm-hmm. the actor's not having anything here to react off. Well, um, all it was was it was just the maquette head of Blue sitting in her lap. Yeah. You know? Yeah. In front of her as she's driving. Yeah. And that's and, all she's reacting to. Yeah. Anyone that's been driving down the road at night or something had a bird fly into the side window or even into the front window, your natural reaction is to swerve, even though you're yeah. not supposed to. Um, something big like a raptor here impacting the side of the, the um, Unimog, she should have swung that thing to the right and into the jungle, unfortunately. But it doesn't happen. Echo can't hold on and falls out, out of the uh, window and rolls along the road behind him letting out another one of those keyboard screams, and then gets up and resumes the pursuit after another raptor runs past, which I think this one is Blue. Because it's weird, when Owen turns up later, uh, Blue's not following him, so I don't know if this is Blue that's over overlapped Owen and got to the chase ahead of him, or if it's um, if it's Delta here. It's just hard, but it's so dark. <laughs> mm-hmm. And not, not having enough um, distinguishing colours or patterns on the raptors that you're going to be able to see in low light yeah kind of the only thing that sucks about this being a night is you can't uh, really tell which raptor's which mm-hmm. yep but it makes me wonder too why why they're doing this so I understood earlier when Indominus becomes a new alpha and they've got the threat of the soldiers there they're going to take out all the soldiers but why mm-hmm is it just is it just Echo playing with the food? <laughs> they're sort of intel making intelligent animals just jaws, just the monster again here. It's it's the Spinosaurus just chasing for no reason. Um, you're free, go run, you just run off into the jungle with the Indominus, and you've had run, your fill. Be free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't eat me. <laughs> again, like it's it's you're going after two kids and a woman in a in a fleeing vehicle, yeah, again, maybe flashing lights, ooh, ah, I'm going to chase the pretty lights and attack whatever's in it, but you, they keep on trying to tell us how intelligent the animals are, and this doesn't seem like an intelligent move from them at all. It seems definitely more like a cat kind of move, where they're just chasing whatever's moving, you know, and that yeah. happens to be the fastest moving object in the area. Yeah. Yeah, and we've taken out the threat now, and we're just playing with our food. You can't mm-hmm. do anything to us. We're just going to play, which is um, which is really what they do, because she doesn't really come up on the Unimog real quick either. She just sort of sits behind it, uh, just running along at 30, 40 miles an hour, whatever the Unimog's doing. I say even mm-hmm. maybe 20 miles an hour. It's not going overly fast here. Uh, the Raptors should be able to catch up and overtake it pretty quickly. I'm just looking ahead a bit. It's, Char- it's Delta who is with Charlie here. I mean, I'm sorry, Echo here, because Delta and Charlie were the two raptors that had the Sorna raptor crests on their face. All right, Echo so and to... Echo and Blue had the had the uh, Jurassic Park and Lost World raptor faces. Okay. 
So for some reason, Blue hasn't been able to keep up with Owen, and we don't see her again until we get to the Innovation Centre. But the boys look through those back swinging doors of the veterinary unit as the Raptor runs, as second Raptor runs along the road behind them. Um, Zach gets up and makes for the rear, and outside you can see both Raptors catching up to the uh, slow vehicle. Um, mm-hmm. As I said before, it probably should have happened sooner. Um, Zach unties some oxygen bottles, and again, we're getting a bit of a Jaws reference here by rolling them out the back of the vehicle, trying to get the Raptors to bite down or use them to explode. He's, he's lucky with one oxygen cylinder here. It does hit the ground, and the the, uh, the tap breaks off, sending that, that plume of uh, mm-hmm. air um, up. But... I'm not really sure the top speed of a Unimog, but I remember Muldoon saying... Um... That the Raptors can, if they get a good out in the open, which this stretch of road is, can go up to about 50 or 60 miles per hour. I don't know if they've geared the new ones better so they can do better highway speeds, but I know the older ones here that we've seen in the Lost World that our army use, they mm-hmm. you might be good for 40 miles, if that, on on a flat <laughs> flat mm-hmm. stretch of road. Just they're, they're geared low, they're, they're utilitarian, they're built to be off out in the bush, out in the jungle, mm-hmm. not... Um, not cruising along at the high speed at 55 miles an hour like uh, like other vehicles. Yeah, looking at the 2014 model, they're saying that top speed is about 50, 55 miles an hour. So yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll say yeah, I'll say that in a good good asphalt situation where you haven't got mm-hmm. much road roll and resistance, headwind that sort of yeah. thing. Um, yeah. Here, These Raptors are catching up easily. Yeah. <laughs> but the, those Raptors split up and start moving up. Uh, the side of the uh, Unimog, Claire watches one rearview mirror, and as it gets beside the vehicle, she swings left, trying to sandwich animal against a tree. And as the minute ends, we see the raptor start to get up when it probably should be injured, <laughs> going up, having a Unimog on one side and a tree on the other. That's weird because we're even going back to the original Jurassic Park. Grant saying how the the raptor's bones are full of air sacs and hollows like birds. They're meant to be light. Mm. They're meant to be light animals with um light bones yes muscle takes up a lot of weight but the later films just sort of make raptors tanks they can they can leap through buildings glass all that sort of thing and seem to uh seem to take hits pretty well we're here this raptor should probably have a broken leg or something some more damage at least interesting i remember in the books that they said that the raptors had thick bones hollow but thick where they that allowed them to um that bullets didn't really penetrate well, and if they did penetrate, they were slow to bleed. Well, yeah, Muldoon, again, rocket launcher. That's He didn't want the rocket launcher for Rexy, it was for the Raptors, and that. And they do they do fire it and blow a Raptor's leg off, but it still, <laughs> still keeps on going after that leg's mm-hmm. gone. Yeah, he's um, in his drunken stupor in the novel. He's, a lot of times he's telling Gennaro just how hard it is to kill a Raptor. Um, <laughs> especially at the end when they get back to the visitor center. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And these ones do seem bulkier than the raptors we've seen in previous movies, so mm. that's probably also something that has something to do with it, you know? Yeah, yep. Anything else on uh, on that before we get into some novel comparisons? Uh, no, I think we're good. All right. Uh, we get a shot here in the control room. We don't actually go back to the Unimog in the novel, uh, just yet, Larry watching the animals eating people through the video feeds and asks, "Is this what you guys had in mind?" But no one, an- <laughs> no one answers him. Uh, he turns around to see Hoskin gone and the engine personnel clearing out, packing up their equipment. So we um, we get the sort of engine 
bailing out here earlier in the novel, uh, Vivian told him that they've been told to evacuate, there's a boat coming, and when we cut to the lab, uh, we see everyone cleaning out, clearing out, but we don't get that for a couple more minutes in the film, so mm-hmm. um, a bit of a change around of scenes between the novel and the, uh, the film. Which would sort of add that bit of time in there for when Claire sees the last of the soldiers getting killed and then all of a sudden the, the other soldier banging on the side of the Unimog. It would, would give us a bit of a time, a bit longer time in there, uh, novel-wise, than what we get in the film. But alas, it didn't happen. Uh, anything else on 98 before we get heavy for the day? Uh, no, I think we're good. All right, lovely. <laughs> 